Welcome to Inside My Canoe Head, a podcast about self-reliant and living a more resilient lifestyle. Today we're going to talk about thriving in a pandemic. I'm your host, Jeff, so let's get at it. All right, thank you very much for joining us today. And I do apologize for those regular listeners. There's been a couple of weeks uh, where I was out searching for life, the universe, and everything where there wasn't an episode, but uh, that happens in life. So here we are, we're back in the saddle. Today what we want to talk about is how to be self-reliant, agile, and the ability to thrive in the middle of a pandemic. Now, we've all been in this COVID-19 experience for long enough to know. We've all absorbed the individual shocks that have happened to our lives, our friends, our family. We now have a little bit of government support, depending on what country you're in. Where I'm in, in Canada, the principal support has been from the federal government in support of waging support, uh, either an emergency response benefit to the individual for students. There has been some level of government response. There is money flowing. Yeah, of course, we're going to run a massive deficit. But I mean, what else do you do in the middle of a one in 100 year pandemic that's arguably uh, nowhere near over and it's going to carry on for a long time in the future? So today, what we want to do is go through some ideas that we have that's going to help you realize how you thrive in a pandemic and how you set yourself up for success. This is not about beating yourself up about all the things that the choices that you made that set yourself in a position where the pandemic did some pretty bad evil things to you when it happened. So this is not about that. This is not about a self-deprecating or deprecating uh, event here where we're going to tell you you were horrible and you made all the poor choices. What we're going to try to do is go through uh, three principal areas that we're going to talk about. Job opportunities, simplification of lifestyle, and the idea of agility and pivoting. And what we're going to do is we're going to present some ideas to you. And hopefully by the end of this 20-minute podcast, what you're going to know is that you have an opportunity to, to make some significant changes or small changes, however they may be, to set yourself up so the next time some disruption happens. And a pandemic is a significant disruption, but it's not the only type of disruption that exists in the world. So what we're trying to do is set you up for the next disruption, which very well may be the second way to COVID-19, if you're an industry that is now slowly or somewhat reopening to economic activity, and it subsequently may end up getting shut down by the government again if we see a spike in cases in the fall. And therefore, you may very well be right back in the position you found yourself in March or April when your business or your source of income changed. If your source of income didn't change, then the information we're going to provide is going to give you a great outlook on how I further insulate to prevent the possibility in the future that my business, while this time it was successful in making it through largely unscathed, the next time that may not happen. So that's the idea of what we're going to try to do today. The first thing that we're going to talk about is job opportunities. And I'm going to go to a podcast that was done by our former Prime Minister, um, Stephen Harper. Now, I understand not everybody is a conservative or a fan. That's fine. Fair enough. But he did a piece for Prager University, which, again, is a right-wing organization. But I want to talk about the content of the piece. And the piece was he was describing the economic activity and the job prospects for people in today's 21st century world. Phrased it brilliantly as... Every job that you're going to decide to do in the future, you're either going to be a somewhere or you're going to be an anywhere. And that simply means the job profession that you choose. Now, we live in a world where nobody's putting a gun to your head and forcing you into a certain job or a type of employment. Some people do it in the short term because of emergency situations. Fair enough. But your career or the initial career that you're going to embark upon is your choice. So based upon that, you are going to choose a career that is somewhere or anywhere. And we see the effects of that now. If you're in a somewhere trade, 
or career, which means you actually have to go to a very specific place to execute your function, and that place shuts down, you now you find yourself in significant trouble. If you aren't anywhere, which means you are able to digitize or you largely digitize your current job, which means you have a majority of the work that you do is done online. And that online can be either through a computer system, it can be through telephone communications, Skype, what we're finding about Zoom and the benefits of applications such as that now, but you have an anywhere has a position that is able to go online, go digital without any significant changes in the revenue attached to that position. So in other words, you may only recoup 80% of your current income, but you're able to keep a significant portion of your income based upon the fact that you've now gone digital. The idea being that is, is you've got to choose that. You've got to decide whether you want to be a somewhere or anywhere and assume the risk associated with both. If you're a carpenter, how do you do carpentry jobs when you don't have a job site? You can do it digitally. You can, you can build products. You can sell products online. So you can still do, execute the carpentry function, but you're not required to be somewhere. You're a plumber, maybe electrician, maybe that's a little bit more difficult. But what it means is that if you're going to tie yourself to a job that requires you to show up to a certain website, or sorry, a certain job site at a certain time, you are assuming a large amount of risk. If that job site is no longer available for whatever disruption may occur, a pandemic or something else, you've placed yourself in a position where you're now out of income. And remember, this podcast is all about self-reliance. So please don't play the victim uh, mentality and, and sit there and say, well, COVID-19 took my job away. COVID-19 is preventing me from working. No, your selection of a position that only had a single source of income in a somewhere place that is now no longer and you don't have the ability to change over to a different income stream, that was a choice that you made. Now, you probably didn't make that consciously, but... It's a choice you did make. So therefore, you're in that position now. So you have to consider as you're in an industry that is opening up economically again, or you're starting to have to look for different type of work, you need to start to consider at least some of your income stream coming from an anywhere. You also have to consider the fact that there is large pressure on expenses and that expenses are within your control. So yes, this is all about looking at what exits my bank account, what is it for, and what can I live without? And then you got to look at a great new concept that's out there. And, and a lot of great podcasters are talking about it. It's about lines of income. And there's some pretty significant guys and girls that have done some research into this area. But the end result is, is that we're moving away from a, a world where you have a singular source of income. They call it the gig economy now or on-demand economy. And it essentially means that all of the work that you're going to get in the future is contract. You're going to sign up a contract. You're going to agree to deliver a good or service in a, in a certain amount of time for a paid price. And then you're going to move on to a different client or a different customer. You're not going to get a job anymore where you sign up long-term. You're going to work 30-odd years. You're going to get a pension plan. You're going to get benefits. All that stuff is largely a very tiny portion of the employment spectrum largely remaining only in the public sector. So what you're looking at now is the experts say you should have somewhere between three to five lines of income, which means you have a side hustle. Everybody loves a side hustle. You knit, you do something, you make boxes, you bake, you make cupcakes, you make cakes, you knit, you do some 
online editing, you did some video editing, you do some file transfers, technology, whatever it may be, you as an individual can never sit there and rely on a single source of income. Because if something disruption like a COVID-19 interrupts that income, you're in big trouble. So the idea being is, is why some of these sem- secondary sources of income are largely not going to be anywhere near your large one. Uh, I, for example, am working on my fifth. I have four lines of income. One of them is as low as 300 bucks a month. But all of those lines of income together provide me a good salary. So if one or two of my principal lines of income go away for whatever reason, I can still cover my own bills and I don't require government help. Don't get me wrong. And this is a clear lesson for life. If the government is offering you money, take it. If you qualify for a government program, take it. Never, ever ignore the money that the government of Canada or any other government is offering you. If you qualify, take it, keep it. You'll never save the crown any money and it's never a good idea to try to save the crown. You won't make a difference in the grand scheme of thing. Even if your entire neighborhood ignored a benefit that was out there, you wouldn't even be a rounding error. So think about your lines of income. I I personally believe that five lines of income is the appropriate size that your income should be so that you have five sources coming into your bank account every month. And some of them can be as little as a flea market on a Saturday morning that you make about 150 bucks a month. That's a line of income. That's an additional piece. And you may laugh at that, but listen, if you have two or three of those and you lose your job, you can actually make that truck payment. You're not going to lose your truck. Just think about that or your RV. Or you know what? You're going to be able to make your rent payment uh, on three sources of income instead of just your one. So I'm just throwing that out there. And remember, this is all about you and building resilience into what you do. The second principal point that we want to talk about is simplification. And yes, I'm talking about a lot of uh, things that you see on the internet today about minimalism, essentialism, etc. But what I get down to is there's a great book out there and one of my favorite books written by uh, Mark Manson. It's the subtle art of not giving up. It's an F word. You can get what I mean. But it's a great book because it basically gets down to have you have so many in the world to give and you can only give them in so many places. So you got to stop caring about everything else that happens in the world and really sit down and decide what matters. Simplify your efforts. And I just completed a great book. Uh, fantastic by Greg McEwen called Essentialism. And it's essentially the disciplined pursuit of less. In other words, less but better. And the whole idea is, is that you say yes to opportunities only when they are an exceptional, absolute, without question, hilariously great yes. If it's anything short of that, then you're going to say no to new opportunities. And the idea being is you're protecting your time, you're simplifying, and you're making space available for the things that matter in your life. And when you talk about how difficult that may be, you can kind of think about your commitments, the commitments that you have, uh, the social media that you stay, you know, friends, relationships. uh, We all have toxic relationships out there that have to exit. The end result is, is, and I'll give you an idea of what I did. And this is a system I use, and I'm not trying to tell you to use this system. I think there are all kinds of systems out there. But the system that I use is fairly simple. I basically made a list of all of my commitments, online and otherwise, all the activity that I do for leisure, all my work activities. I basically wrote down on a big piece of paper Actually, I use a whiteboard. I love a whiteboard because you can erase it and it never goes and it goes away. I wrote down everything that I'm involved in, everything that takes an ounce of my time in the run of a week or a month. I wrote it down and then I started looking at him saying, OK, which ones really add value? Which ones put a smile on my face? Which ones can I no longer 
expect to get joy and happiness and fulfillment from. Or, you know, that, that, you know, we all love to give back. And, you know, I give back to my community in certain ways, and I'm sure you do too. So the idea is, is that you simplify and you knock it down. Famous investor Warren Buffett, everybody knows who Warren Buffett is, multi, multi-billionaire hundreds of times over. But his point was, is that his principal exercise that he tells people to do is to write down the 25 things that you want to achieve in life. 25 things that you'd like to do. Forget whether they're achievable this week, next week, it doesn't matter. 25 things you'd like to achieve. And then he forces you to pick the top five, the five that matter the most. And then those five things are you are trying to achieve. So every time you commit to an activity, every time you commit to an opportunity, every time you offer up your time and service for something, it must be in support of one of those five goals that you are headed towards. If not, you don't do it. Kind of like one of our original episodes in the first series we did on this podcast was it talks about setting up a system for you because the world out there has all kinds of systems and how to simplify your life and minimalism and Marie Kondo and throw all your crap out and all this other stuff. That's all great. But I'm much more believer that you need to sit down and face this yourself and create your own system because trying to mirror somebody else's system will not mirror somebody else's results. And that can be nothing more than frustrating and unnerving for individuals to say, but look, everybody else on TV was really happy after Marie Kondo got them to throw out half of their stuff or three quarters of their stuff. How come I threw it all out and I'm not happy? This system doesn't work. No, because you're expecting to mirror somebody else's results. That's the problem that we have. So a simplification, we all understand this thing uh, called FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Well, us in the simplification community, we actually have another phrase that we love to use. It's called JOMO. The joy of missing out. I actually take great pleasure in the fact that I am missing out on all kinds of things. In fact, I'm so joyful, I have no idea what I'm missing out on, and it matters not to me in my life. I really don't care what I miss on. I know the things that matter to me and the things that I want to put my time and effort towards while still maintaining a healthy work, life, and activity balance. Everything else is irrelevant, absolutely, utterly irrelevant. So I have a JOMO. I I don't care what's going on on TikTok or Instagram or any of these other stuff. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not missing out. I have a joy that I'm missing out, actually, so that I'm not drawn down into that rabbit hole and down into some bloody tangent about that. So fair enough on that one. The most important principle of all of this, though, is agility. It's the principle of agility. Your ability to adapt and pivot and reorientate yourself in the face of adversity. So we mentioned earlier in this in this conversation that it's about a disruption, right? Disruptions are going to happen in our lives and most of them we don't see coming. Some of them we do, you know, a hurricane coming, et cetera, or, but if it's an earthquake, if it's a pandemic, whatever it may be, a lot of times this stuff catches us off guard. Like I'm sure COVID-19 caught you off guard. And if you read Reuters, you know that there's a new pig swine flu, H1N1 version that was found in Uh, parts of the wet markets in China and has all the hallmarks of being the next pandemic. Congratulations. Welcome to July 2020. Point being is these things can happen and you have no control over how they affect your life. What you do have control over is how much they affect your life. And by taking on the principality of having multiple streams of income, making sure that you are prepared as per the previous podcast series that we did inside my canoe head, your ability to shift, your ability to adjust. Are you somebody that says, Roger that, let's move on. 
Let's go on. Okay, this happened. Okay, I don't have access to those two lines of income and I've lost this. Great. What are we doing next? How do we replace those two? You're quick, you're pivot, you have ideas, you think, you can move on your feet. Why can you do that? Because you've taken the freedom to prepare. You've taken the steps necessary to build your self-reliance. And therefore, when these disruptions occur, even if that disruption is your primary industry, you've at least sat down over your favorite beverage some night on the back deck or in your living room of your apartment, wherever it may be, and thought this through. You've said, okay, what happens if I lose my job? Like, honestly, let's have this conversation. Have it with yourself. Be honest. What happens if I lose my job? What, what am I going to do? You want to think about it ahead of time. And it's kind of a principle that comes out of Marcus Aurelius's uh, meditations book. Now, if you follow Stoicism, Marcus Aurelius is one of the top. They call the great, the last five great Roman empires, uh, emperors, sorry. His philosophy was very simple that part of the things you need to do in the day is you need to go through all the things that could go wrong and you practice what how you're going to handle them so that when the actual event does occur, you've already gone through it at least once in your mind. Now, this isn't about all the possible things that could happen to you, but let's think big picture. Let's think you need to have that conversation with yourself in the mirror. When I lose my job, I'm going to get fired or my company is going to go out of business, or a pandemic is going to shut down my company. What am I going to do? Have I set myself up financially that I am able to measure six, nine, 12 months worth of this? If I'm not, maybe I should. Or if I haven't done that, what is my pivot? Where am I going to go to? How am I going to make money in a digital space, potentially, when my somewhere job is no longer available, can I pivot to an anywhere job and I'll be able to then build my income stream and get back some of that money that I lost from my principal money going away. Because the last thing you ever want to be in the world is an individual that puts their hand out and says, I will fail unless the government pays my bills for me. Unless society steps up and pays all of my bills, I will fail. That is a weak individual. That is an individual with no drive. You're not that type of person. But you probably haven't actually sat and had this conversation, which is why we do these podcasts to try to just poke the bear a little bit, you know, stick a little needle in your side, get you a little bit angry, call you out a little bit, and then maybe you'll take the time to have that conversation with yourself. I'm not selling anything. I don't have websites for you to go to to download one PDF and fill it out. That, that's not the point. The point is to have the conversation and say with yourself, if these lines of income go away, can I pivot? Am I agile? You know, if I can't pay my mortgage, do I already know what my next steps are? If I can't pay my rent, where can I go to get the money? Where is my money? How much liquid assets do I have? And you start thinking your way through that. And then at least if you've had the conversation and you actually feel more comfortable. Oh, when your job says, you know, you get a call into a meeting on a Tuesday afternoon and you show up in the meeting and there's somebody sitting there from HR and you just realized and there's a box. There's a banker's box. You're getting fired. Are you smiling? Are you angry? Or are you going, well, here we are. Um, thought this might happen. Didn't think it would happen today, but uh, all right then. Time to go home, uh, take a day to decompress, and then uh, launch plan B that's all written out in my basement. We're ready to go. Let's do this. Are you that person? Or are you somebody that goes, oh my Lord, I can't believe I got fired. Oh my Lord, uh, they, they can't fire me. Where are my benefits? Why didn't the government give me? You know what I mean? Those type of people, right? I don't think you want to be those type of people. Uh, I'm throwing it out there. So the last couple of things that I want to talk about, the needs and requirements of life. So this is the last piece that's going to be in this podcast. It'll be in about a couple of minutes. So hang with us there. When you're looking to 
be agile when you're looking to pivot. You have to think about what is actually the requirements of nature. If we look at Henry David Thoreau's quotes, he says, a man is rich in poor proportion to the number of things which he can afford to let go. And it essentially means the, the less you actually need to survive, the more the man becomes rich. And Epicurus says the wealth required by nature is limited and easy to procure. And he's right. Lotzi, those who know they have enough are truly wealthy. And a final quote from a, you know, a more contemporary individual, Leo Boboda, says, you know, we need to do anti-fragility training to improve ourselves, which means you need to become less of an individual that gets broken, offended, upset, twisted sideways, and blames the world for everything that goes wrong. So when you look back to what Epicurus and Latte meant, when you look at the needs of nature, the requirements of nature of a human being to exist on planet Earth is very simple. Okay, so the three principal rules of survival. First is thermal regulation of body core temperature at 37.5 degrees Celsius. It's a four-layer system. It's your clothing. Clothing is cheap. It's easy to get. may not match. You can get it at your local thrift store. You need something to sleep in. You need something to sleep on. And you need to see something to sleep under. Other than that, you're outside in the environment. So when you think about the needs, it's very, very simple to get a blanket. It's very, very simple to get an air mattress. And it's very, very simple to have some type of roof over your head. That's it. That's all the requirement of nature for thermal regulation. Then hydration. The average human being for moderate exercise needs two liters of water, of potable water per day. Welcome to North America. You can get that almost anywhere, rivers or stream, boil it, and you're good to go not difficult. It's generally free in the public space. And the last one is caloric intake. The average human being is going to need somewhere between 1,700 and 2,200 calories to live a moderately healthy lifestyle with all the macro and micronutrient requirements. That can be done in a Canadian society for about $1.30 a person a day. Sales, you can get it down to a dollar. Now, trust me, I'm talking about the actual macro needs of your body, macronutrient needs of your body can be had for $1.30 per day per person. You may say that's not possible. I'll call you out on it. It absolutely unequivocally is. You're eating potatoes, beans, oats, and a few other nitro nutrient seeds. You're buying them in bulk in 100 pound bags. And when you average it out, it's $1.30 a day. I didn't say it'd be beautiful. I didn't say it's not what you want to eat. I'm saying if you actually want to eat the nutrients required to keep you healthy and alive, it is exceptionally cheap in today's society. So when you can see the amount of income, the only thing that really costs a large amount of income is your shelter and your shelter can be you know one you can be share six people can be sharing a three-bedroom apartment all i'm saying is is the actual requirements of nature are slim it's up to you if you want to live in a very big house with all kinds of benefits all these other things etc then you have to be prepared to provide the income to support that and be able to pivot agilely when you're faced with disruption so how do we do this how do we get from a to b and I'll leave you with this last concept. It's a concept called writing your ideal life. What does it look like? And it's very simple. And I had an old friend of mine do this to me when I was burnt out. I burnt out twice in work. And I don't mean burnt out as in blah, blah, blah. I mean burnt out as in taking 30 to 90 days off work because I was psychologically and physically exhausted and could not cope with work. So I've burnt out. So if you're that person, I know what it's about. So he told me, he said, write your ideal life down. He said, just take a big piece of paper or your whiteboard, whatever you want. And you write two columns. On the left column, it says, what am I doing every day? And on the right column, it says, what do I want to do every day? And be honest with yourself. 
you know, this is the time to just be truthful. And then the simple question to ask yourself is why aren't you doing what it says on the right? It's really simple. And it's just a reflection. You know, I want to write a book. I do. I want to write a novel, a fiction novel. I got a couple of great stories in my head and I want to do it. I'm not doing it right now. And there, and I have to look at myself in the mirror and say why I'm not doing it because I've got other commitments and that's fair enough. Writing a book is one of my five, if you go back to what I said about Warren Buffett. So anyhow, hopefully today in this podcast, you took some lessons about agility. You took some lessons about the need to augment lines of income to ensure that you are capable of responding to a disruption such as a pandemic. If a second wave hits, if something else hits, if you lose your job, it is your responsibility to provide the income required for all of your responsibilities in life. It is not the government's responsibility to take care of you. It is your ability to set yourself up for success, the ability to be agile, the ability to pivot, and the ability to look into it. So I want to take this time to thank you very much for being patient with us here at Inside My Canoe Head because there was a bit of delay. Uh, the next episode is coming out in about 10 days. I'm leaving in the next 48 hours to go on a forest bath. I'm headed out to the backcountry on a solo canoe trip. It's going to be about uh, eight days long. Sorry, uh, six days, five nights. And I'm doing life planning. I'm bringing a nice big book with some paper in it. And I'm going to sit by some campfires for nights on end. And I'm going to really have a long reflection at life. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you all about it in the next episode. So thank you very much and have yourself a great day. And I'll see you on the next episode of Inside My Canoe Head.